Today I have a word for you. you may be seated. I have not come with a message. As a matter of fact, every time I've tried to detail the idiosyncrasies and the small details of this message, the Lord has just kept pushing me back to the place and says, just deliver the word. And uh, the word that I, that I will deliver, I hope, will stir up your faith. And it will help settle something in your heart today. So that what my preaching is with that determination to stir up your faith and to settle something in your heart today. So with that in mind, amen, Paul said that faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Now I can't help you and God can't help you if you don't hear what I'm saying today. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of the Lord. And so if you will open up your ears, not just your natural ears, but your spiritual ears that is hungry for what is God, God is doing right now in this hour, and in particularly, it has to start with me. It has to start at my house. Uh, I, 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 I can praise God for your blessings, and I can say there's problems over here and there's blessings over there, but the truth of the matter is I wake up in my own shoes every day. Amen. I wake up in my own world. I'm faced with my own challenges, and so are you. Amen. And so if you are in a situation that you need your faith stirred up and you need to be um, uh, empowered through faith by the Holy Ghost, amen, then please let your heart listen to what the Word is today. And with that in mind, I want to go quickly to the words of the Lord. This was Jesus' last message that he preached just moments before he was taken away and to start the crucifixion process. This is his last formal sermon that he ever preached. And we're going to look at it as Luke recorded it in chapter 22. Now, I'm going to take some liberty with moving through the text. So we're not going to line item the text today. I will be following the sermon, and uh, uh, you will have the content of it in your Bible or in your, in your uh, electronic device that you're using when you look into Luke chapter 21. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, take heed that you be not deceived. Take heed that you be not deceived. If you don't hear that at the beginning, then you've not heard anything. It is possible with all of the problems and confusion and craziness that's going on around us to be deceived. It's possible to get confused. It's possible to listen to the wrong voices. He said, don't be deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Don't chase after a new voice in a strange place, but be secure in the voice that you have in your heart and in your life that as you compare it to the word of the Lord, it lines up. Go ye not therefore after them, but when ye shall hear of wars and commotions. Anybody heard of wars? Come on, help me now. He said, when Jesus' last message, when you, have, when you hear of wars and commotion, my Lord, what a word. That, that pretty much describes our world that we're living in now, just a bunch of commotion, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff going in every direction. Be not terrified. When you see terrifying things, he's telling you not to be terrified. When you are confounded and confused, he said, don't be terrified. For these things must first come to pass. I got to back up on the word terrified. The word terrified comes from the word terror. Terror is the fear of fear. Terror is the fear of fear. Terror has changed, the Bible says, that bind us, that hold us. Because you're afraid of spiders, you don't plan an outdoor picnic. Because you are terrified of spiders. You may have never been bit, and you may not even know one spider from the next. 
But somehow or another, the very fear of spiders keeps you captivated in your home. You may be afraid of catching COVID, so you don't go out. And it controls you, and it dominates you, and it terrifies you. You may be uh, uh, confounded by what you see in the world process or the governmental process going on in our national government and in uh, and the government around us. And so, therefore, you choose to withdraw. The Bible is warning us. Jesus is admonishing us and saying, when you see these things, don't be terrified. He said, these things must come to pass. He said, but the end is not by and by. It's not yet. It's still got some more things you're going to see. And then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. Everybody say great earthquakes. Everybody say climate change. I don't know if it's getting hotter or colder. Sometimes they tell us we've got global warming. Sometimes they tell us something else. But one thing I know for sure, the Bible said it a long time ago, and I agree with it, you can't tell one season from the next. The Bible said in the last days, you're not going to be able to know one season from the next. And that's the truth. You don't even know when to plant your flowers, and the farmers don't know when to plant wheat. And the rains are all messed up. We're getting rain in places we never got rain. We're not getting rain in places we're supposed to get people. These are signs of the times. And when you look at them, they can be terrifying. But he said, don't be terrified. He said, then you will see famines and pestilence. I preached a message at the beginning of the pandemic. And I, and I told the church, I think the title was God and government. I said, you always see three things appear in the word of God. You see pestilence, then you see famine, and then you see the sword. When you see these three things, they're always together. Pestilence, famine, and the sword. And what we've got going on in the world right now fits that exactly. We've just faced a pandemic, an uncontrollable pestilence, a disease or a virus that you cannot stop and cannot control. And it has rocked the entire human race and the world as we've known it. In doing so, it's been disruptive to a lot of our supply chains and, to, and people are scrounging for their self and it has prompted others to be aggressive during this period. And now we're hearing of wars, we see wars, and we are seeing, uh, the, we, we hear them talking every day about the Third World War. We know what that means. We don't want to know what it means, but we know what that means. And, and we hear them talking about rumors of more wars. And just the other day, they were asked openly, and the president was confronted openly, do you think there are going to be food shortages in the world? He said, yes. When was the last time you ever heard or used the word famine? We talk about hunger, but we don't talk about starvation. We talk about hunger and people not having adequate food and vegetables, but when was the last time you had a real conversation about someone starving to death? Famine is when people don't have anything to eat and they starve to death. They're thinking there will be millions over the next two years that starve to death because of the disruption that has occurred in Russia and in Ukraine in the wheat market because they produce in that part of the world 40% of the wheat and there's no way that the farmers because of the cycle of wheat and the way it works they cannot get enough crops in the ground now to meet that need so they know it's going to be there and you may not miss a loaf of bread or a little Debbie's dessert cake but in the other parts of the world where all they eat is porridge or all they eat is bread or some sort of a, a, a piece of bread is their staple these folks will go without and they will starve to death. When you see these things, don't be terrified. I told you I came to stir up your faith and to settle a few things in your mind today. But we cannot pretend that these things don't exist. Living for God is not sticking your head in the sand or putting your fingers in your ear going la, 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 la. I got a little money in the bank. I'm blessed. I'm living in abundance. Ah, la, 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 la. I don't hear anything you're saying. No, 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 no. 
living for God is looking at it square in the face and saying, well, my God said, don't be terrified. When I see it, when I hear him talking about the wars and the famines and the pestilence, he said, don't be fearful. He said, These, he said you're going to see fearful sights and you're going to see great signs that there shall be from heaven. He said, and he said, there shall be persecutions come upon you. And he said, the persecutions that are going to come up you, they'll deliver you up to be persecuted in the synagogues and put you into prison. Now, this persecution is a twofold. It's not just a civil persecution, but he references that there will be war in the synagogue or in the church world. So you will see churches and warring and denominationalism warring against each other, he says. He said, you will be brought before kings and you will be brought, brought, brought before rulers. You will be taken into court. But he tells you why. It's not because you stole. It's not because you're an evil person. It's not because you did something bad and God is mad at you. See, that's what some of you think when something bad happens to you. I did something wrong. God's mad, so he let this happen in my life. Oh, friend, let me introduce you to persecution. Bad things don't happen to good people because God's ticked off. Bad things happen to good people because we're not living in a perfect world. We're living in a fallen world. And the devil is doing everything in his power to try to destroy us and try to keep us down. And that is what persecution is called. He said, he said you're going to be persecuted. And the purpose for your persecution is clear. He said, for my name's sake. What did I do? I didn't do anything. You're looking for the why. What happened to you? Let me break it down to you. The day you said, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, and I take his name in baptism, and I am a child of the Most High God, that was the day you became a newborn enemy of hell, and you became a crosshair. Somebody said, well, my God, if I'd have known living for God was like that, then I would have just, I wouldn't have, I don't know if I'd have just started coming to church. When I start coming to church, all hell breaks loose against me. That's right, honey. Just go to hell if you want to. What's your alternative? To say, I don't want to live for God and just skate your way into hell? No, 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 no. You better realize that the day you signed up for God's army, that the violent, the Bible said, suffereth, and, and the violent taketh by force. You've got to get violent in your personality and in your spirit towards the things that the devil is bringing against you. Oh, no. I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm talking an attitude that says, I will not stand for this. Uh, I know how to battle in the spirit realm. Uh, I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to tell him about it, uh, and he's going to rise off of his throne, uh, and he will seek vengeance in the earth. He said, you shall be betrayed both by parents and brothers. You'll be betrayed, betrayed by kinsfolks and friends. Would you look at that list? As how can anybody hurt you any more than your family can hurt you? Now, maybe your family turned against you at a young age, and you say, no, I got that, Pastor. You knew my family. You know how they can hurt you. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. But then brethren, that's church folk. You, you can be offended by church folk. But he said, blessed is he, he told John the Baptist when he was locked up in jail for doing nothing but preaching the gospel. And on the morrow, he was going to lose his head to the sword. He, and he would die a martyr's death. He said, blessed is he who's not offended in me. These things, people will say stuff about you. Your family will turn against you. Brethren will turn against you. Kin folks will turn against you. And worst of all, friends. You can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. And a family member, you say, well, everybody knows how that one is. Everybody, you just kind of write them off. Well, they've always been a troublemaker. You know, everybody's got a black sheep in the family. Everybody's got a troublemaker in their family. You just write that off. But when your friend, somebody you love, you trusted, they were a confidant, when they betray you, it can shake your foundation. It can rattle your cage. But I'm still preaching to you 
that if you'll just listen to this message that I'm preaching today, before you leave here, I think your faith is going to be stirred and I think you're going to settle some things in your mind. He said they'll cause you to be put to death and you shall be hated of all men. Why? For my namesake. He said then when you see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, let, let, then you'll know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee, from, flee to the mountains, and them which are in the, the midst depart out of it. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. In other words, if you're out in the country, don't go run into the city because you're going to get in trouble there. If you're in the city, he said, you better run to the country. And those of you that are in the streets, you better get out of the streets. And, and I'm doing the old English version. You can read it in whatever translation you want. He said, for these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written are, may, may be fulfilled. I'm telling you, you cannot stop what is coming to this earth. There's no amount of fasting and praying that can stop it. There's no amount of, uh, of world order that can stop it. These things have been prophesied that everything you see around you, everything you can touch and is tangible, shall melt, the Bible said, with fervent heat. There's going to be a global meltdown. You say, oh my God, you're trying to encourage me, Pastor. You're trying to stir up my faith. Now you're telling me about a, maybe a nuclear holocaust or a world meltdown? Absolutely. You say, well, what should I do? You don't need to dig a hole in the ground and bury 2,500 pounds of brown beans in the ground and build you a, a, a prepper tunnel. If you've got one, please keep working on it. If things go bad, I'm going to come get in your tunnel with you. Amen. Uh, or whatever you call it. Your, uh, what do they call those? Bunkers, bomb shelters. That's it. I'll come to yours with your beans. Amen. But you ain't going to stop it by building your bunker. You're not going to stop it by prepping. You better be a prepper. You better be prepared because I got news for you. If you're a born-again believer and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in his name and you call him the Lord of your life, you're not going to be here when that stuff goes down. Now, your feet have already going to left the ground and you're going to meet him in the air. All that stuff's going to happen in the whole world. And he said, well, oh, my God, everything's going to be going away. Yes. And he said, and I saw a new heaven. Oh, and a new earth uh, and a new Jerusalem coming down. Amen. Hey, God that made this thing in the first place uh, is going to remake it again. Amen. And he can do it all again. Oh, my God. But you ain't going to stop it. Your bunker ain't stopping it. You can't prepare for it any other way other than taking his name in baptism and allowing him to fill you with his precious spirit and secure you by the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, if you're in the mountains, don't, don't go out. Just stay where you're at. If you're in the city, you better run. For these be the days of vengeance which are written that they may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child. It's been one of the most heart-wrenching and broken things that I've seen in my, that's broken my heart. And it's just torn me apart to see what's happening in Ukraine. And the other day I was watching when they bombed that uh, uh, maternity clinic where the women were and children were there and they were giving, one woman was giving birth and, and if you saw some of the footage, the early and raw footage, they carried one woman out who was literally uh, in, in the act of giving birth and she was grievously wounded in her side where some of the shrapnel, and, and we found out later that that woman that we saw died. That our eyes were not fooling us that this woman was going to give life and where she was going to give life because she was caught in a war zone. Now death not only came to her but her unborn child while she was very in the act. And the Bible said, woe unto them in these days that be with child. It's not going to be an easy road. It's not going to be a comfortable road as we see things coming in the future. Brother Sharp, you're not encouraging me. Brother Sharp, you're not stirring up my faith. As I'm just preaching to you his message. Amen. He said, woe unto them that are with child and great with child. And he said, woe unto them that have babies that give to suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land. And there shall be wrath upon the people. And they shall fall in so by the edge of the sword. They will die in war. And there shall be many that are led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. 
There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distresses of nation with perplexity and the sea and the waves roaring and men's heart failing them for fear and men's heart people literally dying of stress you feel any stress don't you lie you're in the church house I felt stress when I pumped 20 gallons of gas it cost me $88.50 I felt stress I ain't lying it was it was visceral it wasn't just psychological I mean I'm like my God I I can't do this I can, we we can't keep doing this and if you're not careful the stress and the pressure of this world will call from fear and anxiety will cause your hearts to stop and you to be like a little rabbit when and, and, and when we see it in our backyard and if you don't know what's going on we got a lot of red tail hawks around here and and they're beautiful birds until you start raising chickens and then you don't like them quite as much but that red-tailed hawk will circle at a high, high altitude and he'll look down and he'll see a little bit of movement, a rabbit running across the field and he's got a squeal that he makes. I don't know how to do it, but you, if you've been out in the country a little bit, you'll hear that hawk and he'll make a squeal. And when he makes that squeal from high in the air, that little rabbit running across that field gets terrified. It begins to shake and it freezes up and it literally falls over and that hawk falls on it and picks it up and carries it off. The Bible said you're no different than that little rabbit if you start listening to the sounds of, the, of Satan and the, and, and the serpent of this world as he starts yapping and squealing and telling you, oh, this you ain't got this and how are you going to make it through that and, and how you better run to here and you better run to there for salvation. No, you better run to God. You better run to the throne room of grace. Uh, you better get on your knees uh, and say, God, I, I don't want to be a victim of this fear. He said, men's heart failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. And the powers of heaven shall be shaken. There will even be war in the spirit realm. You hear me? There will be war. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I, we walked in here today. They sang one song, goosebumps run up and down my spine. I felt the flow of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I, I felt it in the offering. I felt it when I came in. I felt it when I went out. I understand. So did I. That's why when I come to this platform and to this pulpit, every time I feel the moving of the Holy Ghost, I give thanks for it. Every time I feel the Holy Ghost in this house like we did today, I just want to settle in and soak some up for a minute because it ain't every day that you can feel the move. You say, oh, what are you talking about, Brother Sharp? Where are you at in the book? I'll tell you where I'm at. Daniel prayed and no answer came. Oh, you knew where I was going. Amen. Sister Wicker Green, she's, ah, I know. Daniel prayed and no answer came. Heaven didn't move, the choir and angels didn't come down. He prayed again the second day and nothing happened. He prayed again the third day and nothing happened. He prayed again, don't make me go 21 days. That's what he did, 21 days before the answer came. No angel singing, no answer, no lights in the heaven, no goosebumps, no nothing. But on the 21st day, amen, the war in heaven was won by the angelic host of God. Uh, and down came Daniel's answer. Uh, and he was delivered even from the mouth of the lion. Uh, he didn't feel a goosebump. Uh, and when the answer, where have you been? What's going on? He said, the angel said, the prince of Persia, the prince of the air of this area has been doing war. God said, I heard you on the first day. Uh, but all hell has broke loose uh, in the world. And, the, and there's war not only in the earth but in the heavens woe unto us woe unto us what chaos what catastrophe what calamity do we hear but if you look carefully couched in the midst of all of this calamity and look at this sermon sermon of impending doom and gloom if you 
parch it back. And some of them, I don't know what they were doing behind me, amen, but they probably were going to the scriptures that I was skipping, amen, because I intentionally, I see them nodding back there, I intentionally left out the good parts because I want you to understand it's dark, it's gloomy, it's for real, it's for real, it's not surreal, it's for real. This is for real. Them talking about third, the third war, war, world war is for real. Some of you called me and said, Pastor, did you hear about this and this? What do you think? I said, I think we're close to the third world war. Somebody called me the other day. You think Putin will use nuclear warheads? I said, he's more likely to use them than not use them. Well, wait a minute. Tell me something that'll stir up my face. Tell me something that's good. I want you to understand what Jesus has been saying for a long time and has been in your Bible ever since Calvary. He said, you're going to see this stuff coming and you're not going to be able to stop it from coming. It's going to happen all around you. It's going to be bad. It's going to be gloomy. The world is going to be, oh, I just wish we could get back to normal. I just wish we could. I walked into a place yesterday just outside of Austin. We were having breakfast after the ladies' conference with some of our dear friends. I'm not going to say the place because I don't want to, I'm not trying to disparage it. We've been there before. And I looked around and everybody looked weird. You couldn't tell the boys from the girls except you could tell the boys who wanted to be girls and the girls who wanted to be boys. And I would say that 50% of the restaurant fell under that category. And then there were some that you really could not tell what they were. You didn't dare say, thank you, sir, because that may be the wrong thing to say. You didn't say, yes, ma'am, when they waited on you because you might have just insulted him. And I looked around at my dear friend, Brother Scoggins, and I said to him, my God, we're the only normal ones in the building. And I looked at the table of eight, and I said, hang on, let me correct that. We are the only abnormal ones in the building. Because the truth of the matter is, that's normal. I didn't say it was right. Just go to Walmart when you leave today. That's normal. You're not normal. You're not normal. You're not normal. If that, I, I'm in the Holy Ghost, amen. And the Holy Ghost hit me and said, no, 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 no. My people are a small people and they're a remnant people that I'm trying. See, the norm is the majority. The norm is what the worldview is. And the worldview looks at us and goes, man, you people are not normal at all. Y'all come in and y'all shout and y'all sing and y'all dress a certain way and you act a certain way and you do a certain thing and you think there's a right restroom to reuse and a wrong restroom to use. Man, y'all need to get life and y'all need to wake up. We are not normal. We are abnormal. I would say we're out of this world. Somebody needs to hear me now. I'd say we're out of this world. I'd say we're trying to get out of this world. Amen. Because I don't want to be normal like what I see around me. I don't want to take on the image of this world because everything that is attached to this world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is going to be consumed with this world. And only of us, those of us who have decided to make heaven our home and I want to go there, only us that are saying this world is not my home, I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Only us that that sing those songs uh, will have a perspective that is clear. The rest of them is going to try to save the snails and the climate and the, all the other things, and that's fine. I'm an ecologist, and I believe in taking care of things, and I believe in doing the best we can, but there ain't anybody going to be able to stop the Word of God from coming to pass. So that message of doom and gloom has to be preached. But Jesus did not leave us alone. And if you look carefully, couched in the midst of this chaos, you will find some words of promise. You will find some words of promise that I intentionally skipped over. But now I will go back at the conclusion of Jesus' sermon and fill in the blanks for you. He said, these are the words of promise that I'm going to give to you. And these words of promise are going to settle us. Somebody say settle it. If you got my title slide there, somebody say settle it. They're going to settle it. Amen. They're going to secure us. Somebody say secure me. And somebody say save me.
So there's three things you need to leave here with. You need to be settled, you need to be secured, and you need to be saved. And if you leave here with that today, I promise you, you'll have a smile on your face no matter what you pump in the gas tank. Amen. You just say, nah, it's already settled. Nah, uh-uh, it's already settled. Uh, I'm secure in him. Uh, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, he said, oh, a thousand have fallen my left hand. You come on, help me preach a little bit. Amen. Uh, a thousand my left hand, ten thousand my right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee. Even the widow huh, who puts God first in her life said, woman, that mill barrel is never going to run dry. And the Bible said she and her entire household did eat throughout the famine. We got a God that's able to cause his people in the midst of calamity to eat from the master's table and it not run dry and he's going to save us how many says will say with me save me how many feels like you need to be saved from this world I want to be saved from this world I'm listening right now for the sound of a trumpet I got more reasons for going than staying come on help me now I got more reasons for going than staying amen and it's a, some days I just get up and say okay Lord Come on, can I help you? I'll, I'll loan you a trumpet. I'll loan Archangel Michael a trumpet. Come on, blow the trumpet. Let's get out of here. I'm sick and tired of dealing with this. I'm sick and tired of the stress. I'm sick and tired of the social media mess. I'm sick and tired of all hell breaking loose. I'm sick and tired of the pandemic. I, I'm sick and tired of this world. I, I, my world is going crazy. Lord, will you take me to the new Jerusalem and the new heaven? In the midst of that mess and that madness that Jesus talks about, we find the 13th verse. And he says this about all that we just heard. And it shall turn to you. Somebody say it. It shall turn. I wish I'd have said this, but these are the words of Jesus. It shall turn. Say it again. It shall turn. Somebody say, it's my turn for it to turn. It shall turn to you for a testimony. God has sent me here to speak to you as an individual and to tell you that whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing right now, he said, it's about to turn. And I've got a word from the Holy One to say to you, it's about to turn. All hell is breaking loose against you, it's about to turn. What you're going through is about to turn. Uh, he's going to turn your trouble into triumph. Uh, he's going to turn your trial into your trophy. Uh, and most of all, he wants to turn the tragedy you're facing into your testimony. Everybody that's got a testimony, uh, I, everybody that's got a testimony, you need to stand to your feet right now and start clapping your hands uh, for your testimony. If you've ever been saved from a car wreck, uh, you need to clap your hands of the Lord. Uh, if you've ever conquered cancer, you need to clap your hands uh, and celebrate unto the Lord. Uh, if you beat COVID, when COVID tried to kill you, uh, yes, uh, if you've been, oh, uh, anybody that the devil's trying to destroy your marriage uh, and you're still married, uh, well, it ain't where I want it to be, but you're still married. Uh, you need to stand to your feet uh, and say, God, uh, I I am not going to be fearful because my trial is going to become my testimony. You need to just testify with your praise a little while right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know like I know. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know. Eighteen years old, high on methamphetamine, flipped a car six times, the top of my head came off. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Firstborn son, was born 
10 weeks too early, weighed four pounds and was premature. And if you see him now, he's about 6'2 and weighs three. Well, I ain't telling you his weight, but he's a big old boy. I'm here to tell you, you don't know like I know what he's done for me and Sister Sharp. You can't keep my testimony out of my mouth. Working one day. Next day, lay down in bed with a broken neck. Don't even know how it's broke. I just was working one day, preached on Sunday, uh, on the first Sunday of the new year in 2012. Uh, Six days later, I was having emergency spinal reconstruction surgery on my spinal column. And literally, had I not had one of those collars, uh, Sister Tara went, uh, even when they were closed, and she found uh, uh, some place that was open that she knew, and they brought me one of those collars, uh, and I put it on my neck, and, and, I, and I kept telling my wife, it feels like my head's going to fall off and hit in the middle of my back. Uh, and when I got finally to the hospital, the doctor, I told him that feeling. He said, son... It literally could have. He said, your neck is broken. And your C5 and your C6 hardly even exist uh, just behind your vocal cords. Uh, I got a bacterial infection in my bloodstream. uh, And it found its way to my spinal column. uh, And it had an abscess inside of my spinal column that was putting pressure against my spine. uh, And causing me to be paralyzed in my legs. uh, And then in my hand. And I could feel it moving up my body. And the doctor said, we got to get you into surgery now. The pain was unbelievable and unbearable. And while I was feeling the pain, you couldn't say, oh, praise God, brother, you're going through a testimony right now. You're going through a testimony right now. Hallelujah, don't that look like a good testimony? Oh, no, 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 that didn't look like a testimony. I thought the Lord had forsaken me. I didn't know what was going on. Come on, somebody help me preach now. I didn't know what was going on, but I, I didn't know how I was going to, I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know how it happened, but I knew who I believed in. I remember what Job said, and it encourages me. He said, though these skin worms destroy me, yet I'm going to worship him. And I said, well, here goes. If this is what you got for me, you got for me. Before they carried me in, they said, there's only about a 25% chance that you'll come out of this thing walking. They said, you got an abscess in your spinal column that we can't touch it. When I got out of there, he said, you ain't going to believe what happened. He literally used the M word. He said, it was a miracle. I opened up your spinal column and I opened up your C5 and C6 vertebrae. I went in to take out that uh, abscess uh, that was bacterial infection. It ruptured. It's like black crude oil coming out of your neck, he said. Pieces of bone and blood coming out of that wound. I'm telling you what God's done for me. And he put a plate back in there, four screws on there. I come out of there walking and talking and singing and shouting. I tell you. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know. You know well we lost our son on October the 26, 2019. Somebody said, how do you still preach? How do you still get up and preach with that feeling? I can tell you this. There's days I don't want to get up and preach. There's days I don't want to get up. There's days I'm overwhelmed with grief. Days I don't feel like going on. I don't feel like answering the phone. None of that. But you know what? My God's still good to me. My God's still good to me. When I don't have a song, he gives me a song. Uh, When I can't sing, he carries me. Uh, When I fall down, he picks me up. Uh, When I stumble, he catches me before I fall. Uh, I'm here to preach to you. God wants to take your trial uh, and turn it into your triumph. He said, and it shall turn. What I've been doing up here while you've been standing is testifying. You don't have to know how many books are in the Bible. You don't have to know who Melchizedek or Malachi is. You don't have to know any of that. All you got to know is I once was blind, and now I see. I, oh, ha, 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 ha. He said, it shall turn. 
Anybody had something turned for you, a testimony? You thought that first marriage you had, it was you were going to die in it. You didn't think you were going to recover from it. You didn't see light or laughter in your future, but you're still here today. Uh, you're still here today. Some of you are in your second marriage. You got grandkids. You got a husband. You got a smile. You got joy. The devil said you're never going to smile again. You don't know. He said it's going to turn. Somebody say it's my turn. Uh, somebody say it's my turn. Uh, it's my turn. Uh, it's my turn. Uh, something's about to turn for me. He didn't preach us doom and gloom. He didn't preach us doom and gloom just to leave us there. He said, it's your turn. It's your turn, children of Israel. It's your turn, children of God. Yes, the world's going to go down to hell in a handbasket. Yes, it's going to get bad and ugly. But if you're one of mine, it's going to turn for a testimony. Mm. Say, it's my turn, and then sit down. Amen. Say, it's my turn, and you may be seated. I told you, I wanted to stir up your faith in the midst of this calamity. Good to see you, Sister Jessica. God bless you. Amen. We're praying for you every single day. Amen. Thank you uh, for being so brave as to have that surgery. And we're believing God for his hand to be in your life and you to get a good report this next week when you go. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. If you can just start, what, uh, my God, right where you're sitting, it's just my turn. He said it's about to turn. Close your eyes and say, my testimony's coming. You say, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I can tell you this in the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to somebody in the Holy Ghost. God wants you to be a marriage counselor. He wants you to help other people. You say, wait a minute, my marriage is in trouble. My marriage is broken. My ma Somebody help me now. I need some helpers helping me preach. Uh, your marriage may be broken at this moment, but God said, I'll take your broken marriage, heal it, put it back together, and it'll become a testimony you can tell to others, and their marriage will be healed and be put back together. I feel my helper now. I feel faith in the house. Anybody feel what I feel? And what did I do to bring faith in here? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of the Lord. All I started doing, all you need to start doing, all you need to start doing is just talking about the word of the Lord. Well, I remember when uh, it was bad. I didn't have no food, and God took care of me. They say it's going to be a famine. He took care of me back then. He's going to take care of me now. They say, oh, come on. Mm. Somebody in here like me worried about gas prices. God may be wanting to give you an oil well. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You'd say, praise God, let them go up a little higher then. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You worried about how big your energy bill is huh? and how big your electric bill is. Mine went up too. Amen. Wow, it went up. And you say, oh, look, I can't pay this. I've been there with you, people. I'm trying to encourage you. Amen. And I'm trying to tell you, you may be looking at your gas prices, and God may be trying to give you a gas well. He may be, oh, somebody needs to hear me. If he could do it for a widow back then, he can still do it now. If he... I told you I want to stir up your faith so you could settle some things. And that's the second part that we want to talk about and be done today and go home. Is you need to, he said in the 14th verse, settle it, put it up there for me. Verse 14, settle it therefore in your hearts. Settle it therefore in your hearts. Settle it therefore in your hearts. That's all I got to say. Settle it. Settle it. No matter how high gas gets. He's still my God, and he's going to provide for me. No matter how bad the world gets, and I may see death, famine, or whatever else, he does not promise that all Pentecostals or all Christians are going to live forever. We may die, and some may even die at the hand of the sword or hand of a disease or whatever, but I'm going to settle it 
today like Job settled it uh, when he was at his lowest moment. Uh, I don't care what happens to me. I don't care if I don't, oh, somebody settle it today. I don't care if I get sick. Uh, I don't care if I lose my job. I don't care if my family deserts me. I don't care if my brothers talk about me. I know my Redeemer liveth. Uh, and I know in that day I, I will see him uh, and I will worship him. You need to settle it. You need to settle it today. He is my hope. He is my strength. He is my provision. He is my God. When that junk comes on the news and you listen to it, somebody said, I just turned the news off. My wife told me the other day, somebody told me, said, we were talking and they, it was kind of humorous. And they said, I didn't even know about any of that. And I said, well, it's all over the news. They said, well, oh, I don't watch the news. Okay. And I said, my wife just fired off like Sister Sheila can do. She said, the news is on 24-7 in our house. My husband's addicted to it. Or something like that. He never turns it off. He said, well, I don't want to watch the news. It depresses me. No, it don't have to depress you. You need to settle it. Then when you see the news, you see the news. Amen. See the news and say, my God's coming back. My God's got this. He's got me covered. Uh, my God's got this. I, I settled. Uh, I, on, on April the 3rd, 2022, I went to church on a Sunday morning. I heard pastor preach. He stirred my faith up, and I just decided that day I'm settling it. That no matter what happens to me from this day forward, it's settled uh, that he is my God. If I live or I die, I'm going to still worship him. He's still my king. Uh, he's still my provider. When I don't understand how and I don't understand what, uh, I still know who. I still know who my Savior is. You need to settle it in your heart today. You don't need, he said in the, that continuation of that 14th verse, settle it in your heart and in your mind. God has got this. Settle it in your heart. You don't need, listen to me, to meditate. This is, listen to me carefully. You don't need to meditate before what you shall answer. He's telling them where they're going to be taken before the councils and they're going to this and they're going to that. You don't need to meditate. That means to give mental capacity or mental strength to the problem. Because what happens, Pastor Tim, I'm going to preach to you a little bit. Because you get up here and confess this all the time. He doesn't go to bars. He doesn't, uh, he does ride a motorcycle. We'll pray for him on that. But he, he, he doesn't do a lot of crazy, wild things like we used to do when we were in the world. But Brother Tim will preach when he preaches. He says, I fight worry. Is that no, it, 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 I fight worry. Amen. Amen. What we're trying to do, Pastor Tim, you and I both today, is we're trying to settle it. Because if not... We'll start meditating on what we're going to do when we come before the situation. Well, if it gets like this, what am I going to do? And we'll spend all of our time meditating. And that's not a positive meditation there. That is a captivating meditation where you're worried about it. Well, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do about that? What am I going to do if they say this? What am I going to do if the government does that? What am I going to do if this one doesn't get elected? What if this one doesn't win the house and this one doesn't do that? What am I going to do? And you're worried about it. He said, don't even worry about what you're going to say when you're my kid. And you're seeing all of this calamity. And they're dragging you into the courts. And they're carrying you before the magistrate. And they're going to just keep saying, God's got this. I settled it. I settled it. God's got this. He said, for I will give you a mouth of wisdom. A mouth of wisdom. I will give you the words and the wisdom. I cannot tell you how God has changed my ministry in the last three years. I cannot tell you. It's impossible, Pastor uh, Scoggin stood in this pulpit when my son's memorial service and he said I feel in the Holy Ghost the same words to tell you brother Sharp and my wife and I were sitting there he said that God is going to change your ministry and, and he said just like he changed our pastors O.R. Fawcett our pastor lost his son when he was 18 years old turned a car over killed himself in a car wreck accidentally it was an accidental night on a Friday night and, 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 and it changed O.R. Foss's life and, and so he's saying just like it changed our pastor's life that he lost Daryl his son he said this is going to change your life I cannot tell you how my ministry has changed I still pastor you I still preach to you I still am your pastor I'm not going anywhere I'm not moving off I'm not doing anything but my God has been using me in facets you cannot imagine the doors have opened, and God has given me words of wisdom. The last five days of my life, or five out of the last seven days of our life, has been so chaotic. 
because of what is happening in social media, in the worldview, because of problems that are happening around us. I've literally been on the phone between seven and eight hours a day, all day long, not answering all the calls. But God, as the calls begin to come in, and God has placed me, and God has positioned me, you cannot make this stuff up. When God moves you into a place, you can, Lenny, you cannot make this stuff up. When God sets you here, when God sets you in a place, it doesn't matter what goes on out there. God has set you here. And that's our conversation from last week. Amen. And sets you in a place. Then you don't even have to be brilliant. You don't even have to be special. You just got to be willing huh, and say, I settled it. He's my God, and I'm going to keep worshiping him. I'm not going to let my son's death and, and, and grief and all of that just captivate my life to the place where it paralyzes my ministry. Yes, it's a walk of faith for me to go forward. But as I go forward in that walk of faith, and as I just keep standing strong for God, all of a sudden uh, there is a door opens, uh, my mouth opens up, stuff comes out of it, and they said, what do I need to do? And I just say, well, I feel in the Holy Ghost, you need to do this, and you don't need to do that. And you don't. and people ask me, say, where did you you go to school do you have a master's do you have a doctorate no I said no they, they play the music at the church do you have a, a degree no I don't have all of those things but I don't need those things no disrespect you need those things we need you to have those things we need the masters we need those things but pastor needs to be connected to the throne room of God and when I open my mouth God begins to fill it it's not something I schemed in a closet or came up with because I've been educated or some Freudian principle of psychology but it's the holy one of Israel who said I'll use you and I'll fill your mouth right now somebody lift your hands in this house there's a word for you somebody lift your hands God wants to use you if you'll open your mouth I'm speaking to you in the Holy Ghost but you got to open your mouth God cannot use a closed mouth that's it sister you just raised your hands God wants to use you if you will open your mouth right now in Jesus name open your mouth the Holy Ghost is working right now you tell him, I'll open my mouth. You don't have to be qualified. You just have to be available. I want to be used of you, Lord. I'm settling it today. Right now, settle it right now. Come on, don't, don't quit now. Don't quit now. I'm settling it today. I'm settling it today. I want to be used of you. I'm settling it. No matter what happens, I'm settling it. I want to be used of you. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving in this place. There's a word for you if you'll receive it right now. There's a word for you. Amen. Just lift your hands and start talking to God. Open your mouth. Amen. Open your mouth. Just start talking to God right now. Just start saying something right now. He'll respond to your heart. You'll hear his Holy Spirit speak to you right now. I'm settling it, God. I'm settling it. Today, April the 3rd, it's going to be settled. It's settled today. I'm settling it. No matter what happens, I'm not turning my back. No matter what happens, uh, you're still going to be the Lord of my life. No matter what happens, uh, I'm still going to sing. Uh, I'm still going to pray. Uh, I don't care if the answer didn't come on the first day or the second day or the third day or the fourth day. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing because I know in whom I believe. He said, I'll give you a mouth to speak words and I'll give you wisdom which your adversaries will not be able to make fun of or resist. I'm telling you, God wants to fill your mouth if you'll just open it. And finally, he said in the 18th verse, he said, and there shall not a hair of your head perish. There shall not a, head, a hair of your head perish. Jesus said it like this in Luke 12, and he refers back to it in 21. He said, what is the price of five sparrows? Just two copper coins. He said, yet God does not forget a single one of these sparrows. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Give me a break. Give me a break. I couldn't even keep up with how many hairs are on my head. Sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not. 
Sometimes they stay and sometimes they go. But the Lord said, just like when a sparrow falls and a sparrow can't make it, I can, I love and can, and I got my eye on each one of them. And he, he has such an acute view of you, Sister Patsy. He has such a, 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 a focused view of Patsy Perez that he knows the number of how many hairs are in your head. Can you imagine? Somebody in this place has wondered if God even knows where you're at. And you've wondered if God knows what you're going through. Let me preach to you his words. Not only does he know where you're at, he's got every hair on your head numbered and in his eyesight and in his focus. And when you get a hold of that, he said, so don't be afraid for you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Uh, somebody lift your hand and say, I will not be afraid. Uh, I will not be afraid. I'm settling it. I will not act in fear. I will not be terrified. I will not let the things of this world take me down. I will not let them stir me up. Uh, I will not. Uh, I will not. Mm. You've got a promise. God's got you covered. He said, in your patience. He went on to preach in that same sermon with all that doom and gloom. In your patience, possess you your soul. He said, just keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on. Just keep on keeping on until the day of his coming. And in the 27th verse, he said this, and then shall they see the man uh, coming, uh, the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We, we, somebody say we. We are the dispensation of the Gentiles. We are, he said, and this is, they're going to be tarry until the dispensation of the Gentiles be complete. This church world that you and I are a part of, this Christendom that we're a part of, we are the dispensation that will see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and if, we, if he comes before we die, we may hear the trumpet sound in this mortal flesh. Uh, but I've got news for you. Even those that are dead, Sister Placker, Brother Leroy, that's in the grave, Uncle Jay, your brother, that's in the grave, even those that are in the grave, uh, the grave can't stop up their ears uh, from what they're going to hear on that day. Uh, they're going to hear the same sound that, that we uh, that are alive and remain here. And they're going to hear it first uh, because the Bible said the dead in Christ are going to hear that trumpet and they shall rise first uh, and meet him in the air and we that are alive and remain shall rise to meet them in the air I got news for you it doesn't matter whether I'm alive or dead uh, I'm going to hear the sound of a trumpet uh, I'm going to rise to meet him in the air he said we're the dispensation and when these things begin to come to pass then look up he said, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Can we stand to our feet? When you see these things happening around us, I saw that Duke team lose in the last few minutes of an amazing basketball game last night. Probably not two finer basketball teams on the planet than those two. And then the Kansas guys are going to take offense, I know. When Duke, those North Carolina boys get together. North Carolina. You got some of the best basketball players in the world. And, 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 and Duke is confident because Duke's got a legacy. North Carolina does too, but Duke is Duke. Coach K and all of that stuff. And you could tell Duke thought they were going to win. Every player on that field thought they were going to win. But they lost. They lost at the last basket. Just right in the last minute, it was 18 lead changes. I, I know, it was crazy. But it, it was an amazing basketball game. Even, and I watched two basketball, three basketball games this year, and that was this week. <laughs> Final four. Amen. Because I like to watch that talent at that level. And those boys from North Carolina, when they won, they were cheering and everything else. And I saw something that broke my heart. Those proud, amazing athletes for Duke were smiling and pulling for each other moments before and lost by just a couple of points, maybe three points. I can't remember what it actually was, but it was back and forth, back and forth. I saw them walking out like this. Had the camera on 
They walked down the halls back to their, some of them had their arms, some of them were crying. And they were weeping because their heart was broken. They'd been defeated. They thought they were going to make it. They thought they were going to win. They thought they were going to play on Monday night. And their heart was broken and their heads were hung low. And that's every single one of us when somebody we love dies or we lose a job that we thought was our dream job or we get a sickness that we thought that the blood of Jesus Christ somehow or another was going to keep us from getting. Lose something very precious to you. Marriage, relationship with a child. You got a tendency to hang your head, be defeated, and walk away. But Jesus would preach to those Duke boys that He had preached to. You and I lift up your head. You're my kids. You're my children. When you see all this stuff happening, lift up your heads. When fear comes on you and discouragement comes on you and depression comes on you, don't, don't post something on Facebook about it. Don't post, I'm so despondent, I'm so dreadful, I'm so this, I'm so that. Oh, no, no, no. Just post it. I settled it on April the 3rd, 2022. I settled it. I'm lifting up my head. I will not hang my head down. I will lift up my head. I will lift up mine eyes toward the hills which cometh my help. For my help cometh for the Lord. Because you're never going to see his coming with your head hung down. You're never going to see his answer. You're never going to say, oh, I'm preaching to you in the Holy Ghost. You're never going to see your victory. Uh, you're never going to see your promise uh, with your head hung down. He said, lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Uh, when you see it, he said, your redemption is closer than you can even imagine. And I'm preaching to somebody in this place. It's your turn. Amen. Somebody lift your hands right now. It's your turn. Uh, say, it's my turn. Uh, it's my turn. Uh, something's about to turn in your life. your turn right now you got to claim it I'm settling it today it's my turn right now I, 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 I mean they're gonna start singing something now and, and I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now if you want to come to this front and settle something you want to get out of where you're at and come forward you come down here and you just say I'm settling it today I'm settling it I'm stepping out I'm going down to that front and when I get down to that front I'm just gonna stand there and I'm settling it I'm not gonna fight that thing anymore I'm not gonna let fear captivate me anymore when I don't know what to say He's going to fill my mouth. Somebody settle it. That's it. That's it. That's it, Brother Sister Tovar. Settle it. That's it. Settle it. Settle it right now. I'm settling it. I'm settling it. That's it, Pastor Tim. That's it. I'm settling it. He's got this. He's got this. You are the age that are going to see the coming of the Lord. I'm selling it. Trust in the Lord with all of thy I'm heart. selling it. Lead not to thine own understanding. I'm selling it. Receive the word. Receive the word right now in Jesus' name. Amen. It's turning. It's turning. Things are turning in your life. It's turning in your life. That's your friend. Amen. Amen. Settle it. Settle it. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust the Lord. It's settled. It's settled. It's settled. It's settled. It's settled. I'm gonna live for God. It's settled. It's settled. I'm gonna live for God. I'm gonna put God first. Settle it today. Settle it. Settle it. Hallelujah. Settle it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Settle it. You settle it the other night on that Wednesday night, Lenny. You settle it. You settle it. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it. Settle it. Amen. Settle it. Settle it. It's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. He shall turn it for your testimony. He shall 
Shata. The devil meant it for your harm. The devil meant it for your harm. The devil meant it for your harm. You're a walking, talking testimony, Sister Melissa. The pressures of life getting you down. You didn't know why you were going through it, Carolyn. But he said, Why don't he's going to turn you it for a testimony. You know that he cares for Settle you. it. You got Is there anything to He's going to turn it for a testimony. That he it's like a weight around your neck right now. But it's going to be like a trophy on the shelf. You're going to hoist it above your head. And you're going to say, the devil tried to defeat me. But I got the trophy. You got a little You got a little Yes. Yes, 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 yes. But in all the things Settle it, settle it, settle it. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, yes. Trust in the Lord. It's settled. With all of the heart. It's settled. shall separate me from the love of God. I nothing, nothing's going to separate this marriage. <laughs> it's settled. Uh, nothing's going to separate my faith. Nothing's going to separate my finances. The Lord said he's turning it, Bridget. He's turning it. It's your turn, Bridget. It's your turn, Bridget. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Feel that faith stirred up. Stirred up. It doesn't matter what happens around us. I will not fear. I'll lift up my head. I'll lift up my head. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, settle it. I settle it. I settle it. Come on, make up your mind. I'm his. I'm his child. Let the Holy Ghost move. With all of thine. 